Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there with a very special in-studio guest. He is a 2A attorney. He is a host here at 93 WIBC and a firearms instructor, Guy Relford, the gun guy with us. Hey, guy. guy, how are you? I'm great, man. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day, which is Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. So... One of the biggest stories today is this shooting that took yeah. place at Virginia where three football players shot and killed the suspect, now in custody, a former football player. That's crazy. Just want to get your uh, thoughts. Uh, it's crazy, obviously. And, you know, some of these details are just breaking. In fact, Jason, uh, you know, you were telling me some of this earlier today before it was even on the news. Um, and, uh, you know, my thoughts, whenever there's a, a tragedy like this, and, and, and look, sometimes I think too often we call them tragedies, and let's call them what they are. They're horrific, evil, malicious crimes. Atrocities. Atrocities, yeah. that, you know, committed by evil people. But my thoughts go to a couple places. One is... Um, you know, what does a person have uh, available to them to defend themselves in that kind of a situation? Or how can someone think about, you know, any any mass shooting situation um, and, and, and be as prepared as they can be to perhaps react to that and, and minimize, you know, the, the risk to themselves or, or the loss of life? I, I go there for, that's just because that's my approach, right? That's what I do. That's my background. I'm, I'm a firearms instructor. I teach uh, mass shooter response. I'm certified by Homeland Security to teach uh, mass shooter response. And so I, I, I go there. But I also always think about the legal issues, which is, man, I, I, so many of these jurisdictions make it awful tough in, in a lot of uh, potential mass shooting situations to be prepared to even defend yourself because of restrictive laws that are in place. And we can, get, we can go more into both those issues. So I'm seeing that it was wide receiver Laval Davis Jr., linebacker, linebacker Deshaun Perry, and wide receiver Devin Chandler. They were coming back from like an off-campus trip. They were on a bus, yeah. and they're coming back from some sort of off-campus trip where the alleged gunman shot and killed them. And already you're seeing the usual blame game. Shannon Watts has put out a tweet basically saying, you know, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. When you hear that kind of stuff, when you hear the people say, we're tired of hearing thoughts and prayers, what goes through your mind? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I'm a big fan of thoughts and prayers. I mean, I'm a big fan of prayers. Yeah, me up too. In the church. I mean, you're and, giving and, out your and, condolences. I mean, yeah. it's a way of showing that you are sympathetic and you care. Exactly. Yeah. And the idea of someone minimizing the power of prayer uh, offends me just as a Christian. But beyond that, um, no one ever wants to talk about heading these things off. Nobody ever, ever wants to talk about giving people the capacity you know, to defend themselves. And, 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 and I also go back to the heroic circumstances in Greenwood Park Mall involving my client, Elijah Dickens. 
happened uh, here just in July, where we had a potential mass shooting that that could have ended ended up, uh, you know, costing the lives of dozens and dozens of dozens of people. But a heroic citizen stepped in and ended that threat. Something that I guarantee you actually upset Shannon Watts, no doubt in my mind, because it wasn't consistent with her narrative. And in fact, here an armed citizen stepped in and ended the threat to other innocent civilians. And and that's huge. And I, I think about that a lot. Obviously, on a college campus and, and and football players, you know, getting off a bus or participating in an event, you know, there are so many restrictions on them that you know, I, I you're not going to expect one of those football players to you know pull a gun out you know out out, out of his backpack and be def- able to def- defend himself. But it makes us it makes us think. I think it makes me think about what opportunities we have as private citizens to be able to respond and defend ourselves if God forbid we're caught in the middle of something like, what, like that. What are, what are one of the first things you teach or you taught or you were taught about um, responding to uh, something like a mass shooting? Well, in a mass shooting circumstance, you know, we've been hearing for years, you know, the run, hide, fight yes. circumstance. And, and and a lot of people think, okay, well, I, I understand the progression, run, hide, fight, got it, end of story. But it involves so much of that. And again, a, a whole bunch of this isn't really applicable to football players getting off a bus. I mean, that's such a unique circumstance, and, it, and it's so confining for them. But but in, in terms of, you know, where you live, uh, say, on a college campus, um, or, or when you go to school in the different classes classrooms that you attend. The the run part is always uh, about planning and then execution. The planning is where you are. And it's something I talked to my kids about before they went to college. Think about whether it's in your dorm, in your apartment, in your classroom. Think about if something bad started happening right now, how could I get out? How can I get out of Dodge? It's having a plan, an evacuation plan. Running is no good if you, if you haven't thought about where you're running to and how you can efficiently get out of an area that may present a threat. You know, hide is not just hide. That's not just, you know, jumping under a desk. Um, it's about barricading in place and getting yourself to a place of safety. Hopefully that the, the gunman, the, 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 the assailant simply cannot get to you from. In other words, when you're in this place, whether it's, you know, behind a locked door, uh, behind a barricaded door, uh, whatever it might be, you want to be. Hide is not just hide. Hide is in a place where the gunman cannot get to you, and and have thought about that. Where's a place? Can I barricade the door to my classroom? Does it does the does the classroom have a deadbolt on it? You know, where's a place I can get to where I can prevent the bad guy from getting to me? And the fight component is just that. It's also thinking about what do I have available to me to defend myself. That could uh, myself with. It's that just, could be blunt force. It could you know clubs, whatever it might be. It could be whatever weapon might be allowed on your college campus. It's being prepared to react. And it sound, When I talk about things like this, people say, oh, you sound paranoid. No, no, no. It's about having a plan. Having a plan is never parano- paranoid. It's just having a plan. And it's a totally different situation where these guys are ambushed, getting off a bus. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, think absolutely. there's much you can do when a crazy man uh, no. with a gun. I, I, there's nothing. I, I mean, there's very little you could do. No, no. And, and again, that's why I said so much of this doesn't apply to the Virginia situation. Uh, you know, Walking off a bus, how do you respond to that? Get down, get get out of the line of fire, protect yourself as best you can, uh, because you're so limited. And that may very well be why this guy picked this particular place to launch this ambush. Guy Relford here on 93 WIBC, Hammer and Nigel Show. I was wondering what you thought about this uh, ballot initiative in Oregon that they're all patting themselves on the back about uh, basically making it even harder for law-abiding citizens to obtain a firearm. And this is like going on all, all over the country right now. Yeah. So all the leftists 
activists are patting themselves on the back saying, hey, we're making it even more difficult for law-abiding citizens. I mean, they got to go through um, a, a bunch of different hoops to to get a gun. Yeah, and, and, and just as you said, let's, let's talk about you know exactly the context, which is this is just to buy a gun. Right, it's not to have a handgun license, right? Just to buy a gun, you have to first be licensed by the state as someone who's appropriate to even buy a gun. That involves a mandatory training program, and the state can make that training program whatever they want to. Um, it involves being fingerprinted, and so you're, you're you're being treated like a criminal just because you want to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Um, and 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 it involves then the state putting you through a background check where they get to decide whether or not you're an appropriate person to go buy a gun. And this is before you go in the gun, the gun shop and then go through the additional background check that the gun shop's going to put you through to buy your gun. So it's exactly as you said, Nigel, it's about putting hurdles between law-abiding citizens and their ability to exercise their Second Amendment rights. And something they're already talking about, the Second Amendment Foundation, a person I've met, I really respect, the head of the Second Amendment Foundation, a guy named Alan Gottlieb, they're already talking about the lawsuit they're going to file over this thing unfolding in Oregon. And under the new Supreme Court rules, as announced just this year in in New York State, Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, um, they're going to have a tough road to hoe. They're going to say these kind of restrictions, that is the government preemptively saying you can't even possess a gun, buy a gun, acquire a gun, unless we give you permission first, they're going to have to establish that that kind of a restriction is supported by the text of the Second Amendment as well as the history and tradition of regulating guns in America. Go go back to you know Revolutionary War era America and see whether something like that existed. Yeah, good luck with that. So there's going to be a huge legal challenge, and the and the the gun control proponents patting themselves on the back in Oregon right now ought to be um, a little concerned about what the U.S. Supreme Court's going to have to say about that. Got about a minute left here. Um, the midterm election results. The Senate has officially gone to the Democrats, and NBC called the House for the Republicans earlier, but it's a razor thin margin. We're talking about three seats. Looking into that crystal ball of yours here, Guy, what's this going to mean for uh, gun rights and gun activists and law-abiding citizens and everybody and in between? Well, in terms of you know Biden's agenda, like something like an assault weapon ban, being able to get through uh, both houses, the Senate uh, <clears throat> and the House of Representatives, I mean, that, that's very unlikely with, with representatives taking over uh, the House. The concern I have, Jason, is, um, <clears throat> is revolves around the control of the Senate. And that is that um, what people don't think enough about. You know, people think about, oh well, if it, if it's split, the, the the Democrats have the Senate and and uh, the Republicans have the House, we don't have to worry about anything. Nothing's going to pass. You know what they're not thinking about? They're not thinking about judicial nominations. And, mm-hmm. and God forbid we yeah. lose a Supreme Court justice while Biden's still in the White House. Who decides who the next Supreme Court justice is? That's Biden and the Senate. That's it. Ends there, right? Advice and control of this, or uh, advice and consent, I should say, of the Senate is what it says in. The Constitution. So Biden and the Senate control who not goes not only just the Supreme Court but all the other federal courts. And and when people are out talking against Republicans in the Senate, even Republicans uh, criticizing Republicans in the Senate, I get it. You know the whole Rhino discussion. I get it. Out of control spending. I get it. But don't forget for a minute how important it is that Republicans control the Senate as opposed to the Democrats because of judicial nominations. They can fundamentally change life in America through the court system, and let's not forget that. If anybody wants to ask you a question or get more information, where can they go? Uh, RelfordLaw.com is the best place to contact me, man. RelfordLaw.com. Guy, thank you. Always a pleasure, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.